In goes Stewart! They've only gone and done it! And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Boris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello and welcome to the big season preview of the Glovers cast with me, Ian. And on this episode, we've got uh, a few guests joining us. Uh, first to introduce, Mr. Ben Barrett. Good evening. Hello. How are we? Good. Yourself? Lovely. Good. Uh, Mr. David Coates. Say hello, Dave. Hello, Dave. How are you? I'm all right as well. Yes. <laughs> I feel like a kid before Christmas. The start of the season. <laughs> And and we're delighted to welcome Yeovil Town striker Alex Fisher to the Glovers cast. Welcome, Alex. Oh, thanks so much. Yeah, real pleasure to be on. Thank you for having me here. Oh, the pleasure is all ours. Pleasure is all ours. Um, Alex, let's let's start with with yourself. How is the recovery going? I think we've seen you've had the cage off the foot, have you? Yeah, that's right. So a couple of days ago, um, on Tuesday morning, and it's been really weird. They said. Uh, to, to sort of, they, they said I'll be physically in a position to have it off at that date. Um, but they they sort of undo the struts on the side and they give you a test. You have to walk a certain distance and back uh, to see, you know, how do you feel, if it's uncomfortable, if it's sore, if it doesn't feel strong. Um, they then put it back on and uh, you keep it on for longer, um, which I didn't need to do. But that first sort of getting off the, the hospital bed and onto my feet for the first time was really weird. Um, Cause it's been about four, four and a half months since the, the last time I'd done it. So um, yeah, it was, it's incredible how the body heals. Um, I've still unfortunately got a fair bit to go. I think the frame uh, conveyed a, a bit of a false sense of progression. Um, bone takes a long time to, a lot longer time to heal than I gave credit for. Um, but uh, yeah, really good progress. Um, Kind of sad to have it off because I grew attached to it. <laughs> it's done such a great job. Did you job give it a name? <laughs> no, it didn't get that far, but it's um, it's in the other room. I'm going to keep right. it. Uh, yeah, the wife's delighted. <laughs> well, you said you moved into a new house, so it's like a, it's like a well, decoration. Exactly, yeah, I think maybe a nice lampshade could be quite good. But, um, I, was, no. I was thinking the first hat trick you score when you return eventually, you're going to have to put the ball on top of it. Uh, yeah nice. yeah i mean i love yeah think big hey i'm happy with that yeah <laughs> last time i was on for a hat trick i hit a penalty into the road well as far as it goes at the uh thatcher's end so he said first hat trick that, that means first of many so yeah. no pressure yeah yeah, fair enough. yeah um i watched the instagram of you unscrewing the screws yourself in the hospital grinning ear to ear high as a kite on gas and air whilst i was eating lunch that was a surprise no, well you're welcome <laughs> so no health warnings nothing like that i was no, well, i i did good i did say to to chloe um my wife chloe she had she had to be there because i can't you can't drive for a while um uh so if it did come off like it did she, she was there to on hand and um yeah i said i don't know if i should put this up or not on the journey back but i was i don't know i thought why not um 
the the worst part of it was at the beginning when they sort of loosen them off um because the bone grows attached to the screws they have to sort of crank them one way and then unscrew them out and i didn't know what to expect um but by the time it was the last one it's an uncomfortable feeling but it's not it's not necessarily painful and i thought ah oh, this might deliver maybe a bit more of a macho front than i usually <laughs> deliver so yeah I'll, I'll go for it um Chloe took one of them out herself. <laughs> so, right. um, yeah. yeah, everyone's getting involved. <laughs> Blimey, right. Well, so they, they didn't, you didn't need any special tools or anything like that. They didn't tell you to bring a it's, screwdriver set or it's, anything? It's quite literally a, it's like, yeah, it's um, well, it's uh, basically, yeah, it's like a, 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 basically a screwdriver. Yeah, it's a, a spanner. Um, and they loosen it off. And then, yeah, it's, um, I mean, I've got, I have got some, some content from the day. I've been actually doing, slowly doing a, uh, a start to finish from when it happens to what I've been doing in the background that no one kind of sees. Um, so yeah, it was quite a good content day for that. And um, <laughs> hopefully in a few, few, few months when I hopefully make a, a playing return, that'll be kind of the big crescendo. And uh, Liam McGinn, who did the do or die for, um, he's, he's been involved in, in helping me to piece this together. So um, got some very, a very good chat behind there helping me out with, with content and stuff. So um Kind of wanted to show people that even at sort of 33, which in football terms is quite old, uh, playing wise, you can still have an injury of this magnitude and not only come back from it, you know, hopefully play for as a few years yet. One of the things we did see during the during pre-season was you running around with the cage on your foot and kicking the ball in the goal. And I think we were all taken aback that that was even a thing that you'd be able to do. <laughs> How did that feel running around with that on your leg? Uh, it was, it was, can you believe actually I've been running for since probably about five or six weeks post-op. Um, so it was actually quite comfortable by the time it was pre-season. Um, and it's all because of what that frame is designed to do. And as I say, that's where maybe it looks a little bit of a false sense of progression. Cause you're like, Oh, you can't be that far off. And I'm, I'm doing a lot of that, but maybe not the ones that got uploaded to to the to the oval socials but the ones that i've been doing up until you know sort of like eight weeks post-op you know i've got a completely broken bones there and the scans you know they're they're the sites are together but then you can see the cracks you can see that you know they're, they're not calcified at all so the frame literally takes my entire weight around the break and um it's, i kind of wanted to show people out there what you can do if you have this kind of injury um you don't tend to get a frame for the type of injury i sustained you tend to get a a pin or like a rod that goes through the hollow part of your tibia um but my bones were a little bit too too narrow for that to be a safe procedure so it's actually quite rare to have a clean break that i had and a frame um but i'm really grateful for the option because it's probably shaved about six months well not six but about four months off my recovery because if you're just stuck in a cast you're um you know i'd still be in a cast now the cast was about six months and the frame they said would be about four to six um, and it means that I've not lost, lost much muscle mass because I've been in the gym doing, you know, everything that anyone else does. I just, I could probably, I could, with the frame on, I could probably have got around a, a five aside, um, which is so weird to think. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was, yeah, so it was, it was, it was great to actually, and I kind of want to show that the, you know, the staff and the team that, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing all I can to try and get, get there. Cause it's quite easy to, you know, just sit at home and do the, you know, ride it out, but it's not really what I wanted to, you know, convey to the, to the, to the guys. So it's to show, you know, I'm as mentally and physically involved into, you know, this, this next stage of the season as, as they are. 
I've got a I've got a bit of a silly question because I was watching those clips thinking your left leg must have loads of scratches on it down the inside, knocking up against the cage. Does that happen? Yeah, it it did a little bit, um, but not from walking about so much. It was um, I, I got involved in a bit of DIY in the house um, and getting from <laughs> like kneeling down to standing up. Um, I often I often clipped it, but I uh, I had loads of you have loads of like um, the sharper bits are covered in pads. Uh, these little rubber rubber pads so you don't but yeah you do you do clip yourself and um it's it's weird now walking around well saying walking I'm not really walking but slowly walking around the house I've had to make way for the size of the frame on stairs around furniture um and I still walk around like I've got it on um I mean <laughs> I, I still haven't worn trousers yet because I've not needed to but uh, just putting shorts on easily was a novelty. I was like, I can't believe it. it usually takes me about five minutes to get them on. Um, so um, yeah, just chucking some shorts on or be able to wear trousers this weekend if it's no if it's risk wet. of stubbing a toe. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, the only problem is with any content, I've got a bit of a grim, big right toenail, uh, <laughs> which has been pointed out uh, on social media. Um, I guess that's the downside of wearing tight boots during a season. Um, <laughs> so that was yeah. A few people have noticed that, so there's no hiding place anywhere. <laughs> well, we've been told the manager's uh, starting to rent out Just Thornton and Will Doors for DIY. So if you've got anything more, <laughs> then just get them in to, uh, to get Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so what happens now? You've you've mentioned about you've got a frame offer and everything. I mean, what are your what are your plans? And I suppose the big question is when when do you think you'll be about kicking footballs again? I mean, the hospital said <clears throat> to a budget for January. Um, but I think given the, I've, I've done what they thought could have been six months in four months. Um, if I do the same thing again, I reckon I could maybe hit sometime in November to train. But there's, as far as the body is concerned, there's no difference between training and playing games. So as soon as I'm training physically, like, because it's the body, the, the, the leg won't know any difference from getting hit in training or getting hit in a match. So um, <clears throat> you've kind of got to be match ready to train. Um, and because I can do so much stuff between now and then, I'm hoping I'll be able to get my my fitness up before that time. Um, I go in every month for scans to see if the, when the bones reached its maximum density. So from the scans at the moment, you can see that it's healed, but it's they call it soft bone. Um, and it's only once they get a series of x-rays, hopefully in a couple months, three, four months time, that they'll see no difference between where the break site was and the rest of the the rest of the leg and that's when you kind of know you'll be as as strong as you was before so um yeah my my time scale is kind of end of the year um and hopefully start getting out i'll be i'm in a boot now when i'm outside for about four weeks to six weeks then it's four weeks to six weeks to get back to jogging then four weeks to six weeks to build up the muscle discrepancy then another four to six weeks to build up fitness and then at the end of that you should be ready to play a game Can I? Can I ask, you've touched on a lot about how the physical fitness ha has been. I imagine being injured to that level of severity it can be quite a lonely place. How has it been mentally for you? Have you had to look after yourself in that front? Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, there's never, uh, not in a fortunate way, but it's not my first long-term injury. So I kind of, when it happened, immediately I knew, you know, I mean, I didn't think I'd actually play again, to be honest. Um, and it wasn't probably only about six, I think it was eight weeks in that they said you should make a full return. So even then I didn't know if I'd play properly. I mean, I'd play a game again. I just might not have the capability to sustain a full season at professional level. 
um but no mentally it's been it's been it's been like it's been okay I've, my family have been great my wife's been great um and um weirdly enough the, the the village that I moved to um which isn't a million miles away from where I grew up uh has a state-of-the-art rehabilitation center um it's a little village called Lambourne Lambourne's like uh the racehorse training center which I wasn't aware of till we moved into the village um and um yeah so I've been using their facilities uh so I've, I've I've had the same sort of physical stimulation which therefore gives you you know quite a lot of mental well-being um because I just I just sort of like hobbled you know 200 meters down the road and <laughs> you know get stuck in um I drop into the club as often as I can but driving is not a no-no, but I've been told to not do it too much because of the position you're in. Um, walking's okay because you've always got circulation, but when you're still and you're using the foot, obviously, on the accelerator, you're engaging the muscle and therefore promoting swelling in the area. So that's something that I've had to be a bit careful of. Otherwise, I probably would have spent a bit more time um, down with the team. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's been an interesting few, few months. And, um, yeah, I just can't really wait to just get back playing, to be honest now. And, and when you do get back playing, are you hoping to come back to a team that's flying at the top of the table, but only with defenders scoring goals? <laughs> and, uh, I think I, I had asked this on, 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 um, on another pod, actually. And I say, I'll say the same thing. I, I think age, and I like to think a level of experience now, um, means that when you're younger, you are a bit selfish. And you kind of like, oh, well, if they do well, I might not play this. And it's just if the team does well, I'm doing well. Like it's it gen- and it's genuine though. Like I think people might say that, and it, and it's really the case. Um, don't get me wrong, I'd love there to be opportunity to come back in. But if the team's playing well and they're scoring goals and winning games, then if I can just help in that way, or maybe provide fresh competition or just something different, then then that's great. I think the kind of ego of wanting to be the man the whole time never leaves you. Otherwise, I don't think you'd play. But you can kind of accept maybe a role in a team a bit, a bit better when you get older because you can appreciate the bigger picture. So hopefully it's a team that's flying on all cylinders. Yeah. Well, we obviously are afraid I have to go back to last season just to ask you a, a little bit about that. I mean, we all know, and, and you know as well, scoring goals was the problem that, that that we had as a team. I mean, you, as you've said there, been in football for a very long time. How does that compare against other seasons you might have had where it, it just seemed to almost get to a mental block where we couldn't just couldn't score goals well I felt this it was um uh, again sometimes you block out both the really good and really bad things when you've been a while behind so I'm saying this hopefully not being too deluded um because at the end delusion is a well-known thing on this podcast (laughs) over the course of the season and you get relegated you couldn't have been great you know let's be honest that doesn't really lie but I I'd say for a large percentage of games we didn't necessarily put out performances that deserved relegation. They didn't necessarily deserve anything much higher than, you know, bottom half. Um, But I was looking back and thinking, we had a conversation about uh, how many points we let slip from like 85 minutes on. And that alone would have seen us safe, let alone all the, you know, or just about safe. I think Maidstone a couple of times, Altrincham were up, you know, these are, you know, and when, you, when you're down by four or five, and if you had those before going into like the crunch time, um, it would have made a real difference. So I think we struggled in front of goal for sure. I mean, that's not pretty obvious to see. I just felt, I, I personally found it hard 
in terms of how many chances we created um, to really have an opportunity where you go, oh, I've missed a sitter there. Um, and I don't think that came around too often for too many people. Um, I think we were quite pretty on the eye and we had some games where we did pretty well, but we just didn't hurt teams. Uh, and it was hard coming off in games. We'd, you know, you'd think, well, I've, I've actually, I think I've performed my role okay here today. But when I'm asked, did you score? I'm like, no. Did you ask, did you have a shot? I'm like, not really, but I was a nuisance. It's not enough. Like it was, and that happened a bit too often. Um, and I think uh, certainly being a bit older, as you say, like you feel a real responsibility. And then even if you are a bit older or a bit more experienced, you still have that, well, I might only get one chance today. And if you get that early, you think, well, I might not get another. Um, you have to, and that's quite a hard pressure to have on yourself, especially when you've got, you know, a lot on the line, because it's not just, you know, your pride in the club status, it's people's livelihoods. Um, and I think that, you know, is, that does weigh a little bit. That counts for maybe a bit more than maybe the armchair fan might appreciate, because players in the moment that care about the club and care about, um, you know, the, the team, those moments can mean a lot after a game. And then you hope, if you, if you don't necessarily perform the most positive action in the world, the next game, it, you feel like the weight of the world's on your shoulders. So, yeah, I wouldn't say I was very proud, obviously, having that association with a relegation from the National League. But, um, you know, I think things are looking, hopefully, a heck of a lot brighter from this pre-season. I don't, I, I, I'm remiss to bring it up, but of course you were with us as well in your first stint when we originally dropped out of the EFL as well. And there were some parallels. And at the time it was noted that you were one of those people that it very, very clearly cared and, and was hurting as a result of, of those failures, really, as a, of an entire club. There is comparisons with what's just happened last season. Um, did that hurt just as much, maybe even more? Yeah, I mean, it's it's... To have a, like relegations associated with any with your career is is I think the, the the biggest hit of your professional pride you can take if you're just thinking personally, forgetting you know the outsides implications for a football club like it's it's an embarrassment. Um, and we did have some talks with like 15, 20 games to go where I said right I've been here before quite literally in this changing room, um, and tried to part some of the lessons that I felt that weren't learn from that season before but it, it almost felt like it became inevitable towards the end um which was i think the hardest thing to see as a player because you had people that really cared there was peripheral stuff that i don't think helped um at all um but in terms of the playing side of things yeah it's it's a real hit to the pride and it's not anything that um i think any player would like to have associated with them and as i say the guys that understood the bigger picture and very aware that it's not just a personal hit here to your professional pride it's it's serious implications for a community and a football club yeah right. i mean that's the, we... of, that, that's the end of the negative questions can we start looking forward <laughs> <laughs> that's fine, that's okay fine. okay with with the additions of uh reese murphy jake hyde and, and frank Noble, does that take the pred do you feel that takes the pressure off you when you are back to full fitness and back in the team or is there You've kind of touched on this, but is there a competitive edge there that adds the pressure to be in amongst it and, and help contribute? I'd probably say both. And I'd probably think that they would all feel the same. No one comes into no one's signed to a club to just sort of take part. They want to go, well, I'm here because I'm the man. And then if you're here, you're like, well, I've, I've been here for a bit. I also want to show that I can do my thing. Um, and um, yeah, I think it's that's how that's what I would consider healthy competition is. Uh, I've been very... 
um, impressed with the caliber of player that's come in. Um, and I think it's a, you know, you're talking those those names quoted there. You associate for me, I'd associate with league setups, you know. So to be coming down, yes, Yeovil's obviously I would consider a lot higher than a National League South side, but the current status is National League South. So the status of the club has attracted players, but the quality is, I think, very, very, very good. Now, you, you know, we'll see how we are 15, 20 games in, but I don't think you can do much more to show your intent by bringing the guys they've brought in and, you know, delivered a pre-season in the way that they have off the back of what would arguably be one of the worst seasons in the club's history, really. We mentioned there, obviously, goal scorers as, um, in, in, in the striking positions. But one thing that I think was noticeable and a lot of fans are looking forward to is those players that may be a little bit further back. And you've played with the likes of Jordan Maguire, Drew, Jordan Stevens, anyone else called Jordan, uh, who, um, who, who plays us. What can you tell us about what they are? Because th- they seem to be really exciting players as well. They must be good to be a striker playing in front of. Yeah, there's a lot of creativity there and a lot of pedigree, uh, which is why I think we are sitting with a, 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 a squad of players, excuse me, a squad of players that is definitely of a higher level than the National South. Now, whether that translates to wins, which is obviously the most important thing with artificial surfaces and things like that, which are a bit of a curveball for a few of us, um, is, you know, we'll see, but it's, you got you just quoted some guys there that have played, you know, playing the championship. They've played for massive sides. They've got huge pedigree. They've scored in massive games. I mean, what um, Jordan Stevens played for Leeds. You know, you've got Jordan Maguire scored the winner to, you know, in in a, in the league playoff final. These are big, big moments in people's career. So, you know, you're sitting on so, and they're obviously creative players as well. Yeah, as you say. So, I think Jordan Maguire's introduction when he first came was. A real lease of life for us because you, we certainly had someone unlocking defenses, seeing that part that other people weren't quite seeing. And obviously, didn't necessarily materialise in terms of keeping us keeping us up. I don't think you can ever put that on, rely that on one person. But it, you know, he's he's someone that showed what he can do, and I'd say naturally both players are excellent, excellent footballers. How are you with artificial pitches? Are you going to take the same stance as Jake Hyden? Josh Staunton and sit some of them out or are you going to kind of take it as it comes when when that time comes around? I don't want to jinx myself here, but I don't mind them at all. <laughs> um, yeah, I I've, when I was up in the SPL, we played in a few uh, artificial pitches. Um, for me, it's if they're, if it's ideally, well, shouldn't that be a trouble this year if it's wet? <laughs> um, <laughs> if it's raining, which you'd like to think, you watch this on Saturday, it'll be bone dry. <laughs> um, but if it's, if they're wet, I think they're all right surfaces. Um I just, I don't really, again, touch wood, struggle with the body on them. Um, I, sometimes the ball maybe bounce a little bit different or what have you, but I don't know. Well, I would say it's the same for both sides, but often they train on them. <laughs> so they have a better a better understanding of it. But um, no, I don't, I don't mind them too much. Um, so um, yeah, if it's, uh, if it's artificial or grass, then yeah, I'm happy to get stuck in. Um, we'll let you in on something. Ian and I were talking to a guy from MLM just before we got, came on here, and they were training on it then. So they definitely are okay, training. Yeah, yeah they'll know how it works. Yeah, <laughs> they've had it for a couple of years, I think. So, um, yeah. Yeah, you, you said you've not been able to be down at the club uh, as much as you perhaps have liked. Josh Staunton's taken on a bit of a coaching role uh, alongside Mark Cooper. Have you been tasked with any roles during your recovery? Has Mark Cooper given you any jobs while you're? 
while you're uh, no, not, not particularly really um i don't think it would probably been appropriate given my how much output i could give um and no one's really said anything but i i know how uh um what's the word like uh oh, i've gone blank with the word the um if you're around someone all the time and they got this on you or had that on their leg you don't want to be like thinking that that's going to happen to you like there's the presence of it superstition superstition, superstition right. um yeah that kind of and i was a bit aware that you know it's at the same time as much as i think it, i'm trying to sort of show that i'm doing my bits i don't necessarily want to be around too much in case it's a bit of a oh christ you know imagine if that happened to me kind of thing um and could you understand what i mean there like, yeah, yeah you don't want to yeah. yeah psychology of it all yeah that it? kind yeah. of thing um i mean i don't think that really sinks in no one's ever said that it was just yeah. maybe that's something i was a bit sensitive to yeah. um it's like if someone says when you're getting off the bus oh can you help me with the crutches no i won't touch those you know some people <laughs> you know they're like because you think you're thinking it's going to yeah. happen to you oh um, shit alex is here with his cage yeah it's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> um but are you just worried yeah. that if you go to the club, they're going to ask you to climb up a ladder and uh, start painting a wall or something like that? Yeah, that I'll, I'll, like, yeah. I'll be able to bring my own scaffolding at least this time. <laughs> Your own scaffolding, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's great, though, by the way, that yeah. the guys get stuck in. Um, you know, I think that's we, me and Josh last year spoke about um, things like that quite a lot. We were struggling for groundsmen at times. I said, you know, I, don't, <laughs> I enjoy my gardening, might not be able to mow a a professional football pitch but if they need a body I'll, I'll happily get stuck in are you as into grass as josh is not to the level he is but we we, <laughs> we reverse once or twice in the changing about the quality of his lawn <laughs> <laughs> and i'm a big fan because we yeah I, in the lockdowns I, I i laid a lawn down and um yeah i was very very proud of it and uh keeping it alive during the winter months when the sun went around the back of the house was uh yeah i was very proud so we have had a few conversations we often would share each other like pictures of each other's grass <laughs> but he's taste the biscuit 100 percent. these changing rooms are wild places aren't they? <laughs> well, you where know, was this yeah, on the yeah. liam mcginn yeah. documentary <laughs> grass with alex talk. and josh yeah. that's got nothing to do with our relegation by the way oh dear how how, how have you seen, I know you've not necessarily been there the whole time, but there has been huge amounts of change at Hewish Park, personnel-wise, um, you know, important people have switched positions. The chaos of the end of last season appears to, at least publicly, have, have calmed down. What have you made it all, of it all, and what do you make of the zhuzhed-up Hewish Park? I think it's great. I think what the, um, what the chairman's come in and done, he's really put his sort of heart and actions where... His, his mouth is, so to speak. Um, I think the stadium looks great. I think that the, uh, the seats make a big difference. The kind of, the small sort of one or two percents that make a, project that level of professionalism. Um, I think it felt a bit wishy-washy when you see it, you didn't know it at the time until you see the difference. Um, but I think those little, we, we look, I think they're doing the changing rooms at the moment to make them, um, like sort of take them to the next level a little bit so it's a, a real professional setup that you're at when you when you turn up and um i think it's i think it's been really really good the uh and when we went when we watched the newport game um i saw uh the chairman mowing the lawn outside as as we were turning as we were turning up and that wasn't for other people to see because it was we got there so early because we trained that afternoon um and i just thought right it's the sort of thing you think oh fair play you know like that's but you don't really see that kind of level of devotion. Um, and yeah, I think it's it just kind of shows that everyone's 
pulling in the right direction. And um, I'm sure everyone would uh, agree when I say let's just hope we could back it up with, with a solid start, especially with, what, four home games in the first five. It's a really big opportunity, that, isn't it? Once Hemel's out the way, you get those four games in a row, if, and it's a, it's a big if, but if that's a positive run, that's a statement to the rest of the division, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. And also, you want to get that kind of castle-esque feel to the place, fortress, you know, all the cliches. But genuinely, um, you, you do. And I think you start like that because teams will come to Yeovil and go, well, we've not played in front of, hopefully, if you have a good set of so fans out, you know, we'll have good crowds, especially if you're winning. Um, teams will come to us, raise their game, probably part the bus, um, and um, yeah, it's important that we we have a good start. I'd say, given the introduction of these, the amount of three uh, G pitches we'll play on, I think home form will be really important. And I just say, just putting together Josh Daunton's love of grass, he's actually just looking on his Instagram, put a picture of his lawn, and he's put a little hands up emoji, and he says, "Hands up if you hate three Gs." <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go. There you go. Segway yeah. nicely. He must have. He must have heard what. Must be, yeah, about. must be. Yeah, fly on the wall. <laughs> I've got a really important question for you, Alex. Now, as as the only one of the Glovers Cast group who seems to care deeply about squad numbers, I can't help but notice that you have had the number nine unceremoniously whipped away from you. <laughs> what exactly did Jake Hyde have to pay you off in order <laughs> to? <do that? laughs> No, I had a um, I had a chat with the with with, with the manager in preseason at uh, start of preseason, um, and kind of felt like it's the sort of number you don't really don't get me wrong. I was very proud to have it, and I'd love to have have, have had it for my return. Um, but also, you're denying it at being out there for someone else to wear. I think it's important to have your one to elevens filled by players that are. I mean, it's not like uh, people get injured at any point, but it's not like you knew I'm out till, you know, half the season. Um, so I had no, no, no qualms with the passing of the shirts. Um, and uh, I think it's, it's going to be worn by a, a very appropriate player in, in Jay Hyde. I am reliably informed by Town social media that sh- upon your return, you'll wear number 18. Are you going to put a little plus in between Ivan Zamorano style one plus eight? <laughs> no, you know what? I didn't even think of that. Um, I chose 18 because it was the number I, I, I wore when I first came down. Okay. Um, and I, I scored a few goals in it. So um, I thought, yeah, I'd, um, I'd go back to familiar territory. Like it. But I'm, I'm, I'm okay if the, if the plus comes out. I'm <laughs> sure. Just so yeah, say. Just say that. Maybe that was something. Maybe that's the striker in me that's kind of subconsciously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> done the maths without even realizing it yeah absolutely it's not i've 18 has been a, a number i've worn a few times actually um so it's kind of not i wouldn't call it a go-to i think you always want a one to 11 if you're um you know if it's appropriate but um yeah i was uh i was very happy with that as part of our our preview we've, we've asked a few questions uh, we've asked some regular questions um so we'll, we'll hit you with some of those uh, what are you most excited about this season as a Yeovil Town player I mean, there's one very obvious one, but I don't think it's appropriate to think about the end of the season. Um, personally, most excited about making a return, um, a winning goal-scoring return. Um, and I'll leave, let people's imaginations think about what I would like to say. I just don't think it's maybe appropriate this early to be talking about anything 
that you would I hope to achieve by the end of the season. <laughs> I think Alex Fisher in his head has just scored the winning goal away at Weymouth on good uh, on Easter Monday to win us the title. That's yeah. what I think is going on in Alex Fisher's head, Ian. <laughs> I, he hasn't said it. He yeah. hasn't said it. He hasn't said I'm, it, no. I'm, I'm the one that said it. I'm just thinking <laughs> that's where Alex's head's going. We'll he might struggle with one of the questions that we're going to ask in a minute as well. <laughs> um, okay, let's put you on the, the spot then. We always do a player of the year vote. We call them the Glovies at the end of the season. Who do you think is going to be our key man this year to get us where we want to be? That's a very good question because yeah. I'm a big fan of a lot of the chaps in the changing room. Um, That's too diplomatic for the Glovers cast, Alex. We want no. I'm, co- I'm going to come up with an answer. Um, you can't pick yourself. I mean goals win you games and I think his previous track record with Reese Murphy would be hard to not have up there um, I don't know if it's because I'll be a bit guided by last year but I'm a big Matt Worthington fan um, and I'd say when he wasn't playing in games I noticed the difference when I was playing um, so for me, it would probably be between one of those two. Um, and being the striker and strikers union, I'll edge towards Reese Murphy. But a hugely honourable mention for Matt Worthington. Like uh, and can you tip anyone who you think might have a breakout season at Hewish Park? Uh, breakout season, good question. I'd love to see Will Dawes do well. He's a really good egg and I hope he gets an opportunity um, and it could be could be the, the year Okay, this is a tough one. We've asked every one of our regular contributors where are Yeovil going to finish this season, Alex? We've, ba- we've asked for a number because you're on the books, I can be a little bit more generous you can have something more vague but where are we going to finish? Um, I'd say you'd want, well, I'm going to go top three top three um, I think in any given season, any team could have a standout year budget or quality of squad irrelevant. And you never know, they might go storm the league and it's someone you didn't expect. Um, you can't really legislate for that. You'd hope it's, yourself, it's ourselves. Um, and for that reason, I'd say, yeah, anything outside of the top three. Because uh, if you're not get, if you're not going to go up automatic, I think you want to have that to second or third spot Um and uh, having watched a couple of the National League South playoffs last year, having that home advantage would be huge for us. Like it. Okay. Well, I think I think between uh, one and three was probably about the average for us, wasn't it? I think we all, we all said about <laughs> between one and three. Nobody quite wanted to say, oh, yeah, we're going to win it. <laughs> so uh, we, we've, well. we've suffered too much as Yeovil Town fans. It's, Always the hope that uh, that, that kills you, but uh, yeah. I, th- I mean, I think-, I think I think on that front, from um, being in changing rooms for a, for a, a few years, you don't really think about that or say it too much. Um, and now this is the old cliche, but you do take it game by game. And if you're up there by you know April, then yeah, maybe you might start thinking about it. Um, but I think that's something that I, the guys, I'm sure, and the manager will be saying is that. I think given the status of the club and the league we're in, it's going to be a expectation that we're at the top end of the table. I think that's just half of the course, given, you know, who we are and where we are. But um, at the same time, it's 
you know, we've got a lot of football to play and you've got a lot of results to get against teams that will probably want to do one over on us more than the next team. So it's not a certainty. And I, I do want to sort of tailor those expectations to be as realistic as possible. And I think it's a realistic answer I've given, um, but I certainly wouldn't be shouting around in the changing, we've got to win the league, we've got to win the league, um, just for that level of sort of balance. I think we've seen enough over the last... 20 years or so to know that we're not <laughs> winning this league is not a given so yeah Absolutely. expectations will be but it's with huge confidence that we feel we will or could yeah uh, and finally have you got a message for Yeovil Town supporters ahead of the season anything you'd like to say to our listeners I would love one actually one thing I'd love to see this year I don't know what the record is but I think if ever there's a team that will break the National League South attendance record I don't, I'm sure it could be, I don't think it's huge. And I think we've got every chance of doing that. I'd love to see that in a fixture or two this year. Um, and it will be just to, the same message as always, you know, that a club is nothing without its supporters. It's the community. Um, we're just an extension of that when we're playing. Um, so the more people we can see out there cheering the boys on, um, especially in these first few games, you know how important a good start can be, would be, would be huge for us. And it's with the, you know, we want to also offer them exciting football that they can be proud about and actually enjoy and hopefully know they're coming to watch a winning side regularly so um you know we haven't quite played our part in in recent years um but maybe now is our time or now is our time to try and it'll be great to do it in front of as many people as possible i think i think i'm right in saying that in its current guise the attendance record in the south is only about five and a half thousand i think torquay hold it from when they were last here i think there's other examples i mean when we were last at this level there's at least one um example of of nine thousand people with thousands being locked up outside but in its current guise it's not that high um and so yeah i think that's something that both us and torquay are thinking about especially if we get on a bit of a run yeah, a nice sure. that, that hits on a saturday afternoon when the kids are off school or something and, and there could be a couple of really full houses I mean, also with the with the teams and the location of teams, we would still like to think you'll see bigger away attendances, especially to come to ours. Um, and uh, because of that, there's we counted like you could argue there's six or seven. I wouldn't say local local rivals, but six or seven close fixtures that you know we haven't had for that level of proximity for for a long long time. So um, you know, just in Taunton, Weymouth. Truro, Western, Chippenham, Bath, probably missing a couple as well. Like there's there's a lot of teams that, you know, you've got an opportunity to get good crowds in for. It's funny because our away support is also going to be heightened because there's people going to be available. They don't have to worry about getting to and from Gateshead anymore. Right. And, and even with the with the Hemel, we've got four or five hundred people sort of already booked in, already coaches sorted, trains sorted, buses sorted, et cetera, et cetera. And our away support is going to be so important, especially at those really tricky to get games that, that might otherwise be banana skins. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think I saw something that puts that in perspective is that Hemel have turned their stadium round from being, you can kind of stand anywhere and be behind the goal that your team's shooting at to a designated away end. Yeah. yeah. segregated for our game, least. yeah. No, no, they were telling us before that it really doesn't happen very often. So... That's so that's credit to the guys and girls that have gone out there to get their tickets and, and support the team. So, you know, big, big thank you and fair, fair play. Thank you very much, Alex, for joining us on our pre-season preview. Uh, uh, delighted to 
have you on and uh, best of luck with your recovery and looking forward to seeing you back in green and white soon. Thank you so much. Real pleasure, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Alex. Thank you. Well, huge thanks to Alex Fisher for joining us. I think that was a nice chat. Alex, a uh, good guy and excited to see him back on the pitch at some point for us, aren't we, lads? I can't wait to see him with one plus eight on the back of his shirt. You're going to be the non-league Zamorano. The non-league Zamorano. Absolutely. There's your title. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I think he's definitely living up to his nicest man in football um, and most eloquent man in football oh, as well. Big so words were, in there. There were some big words in there. I had to get the dictionary out. Yeah. yeah. Rather than Google, Dave was actually <laughs> flicking through. No, I have, I've got an actual dictionary. That, don't, uh, don't need to get it, Dave. Yeah, it's don't okay, Dave. Worry. We've already been waffling for an hour, mate. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he has. He has, It says little on it as well. <laughs> it does. It's pretty hefty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so as this is our season preview episode, we've spoken to some of our regular contributors over previous seasons of the Glover's Cast. So, Ben, who have you spoken to? I've spoken to a regular um, a contributor and an irregular contributor. Ooh. I'll let you decide which is which. Um, the good man, Elliot Watts, and the good man, Chris Fox, both had uh, 10 minutes of chin wagging with me, telling me all about what they're looking forward to this season. And I believe one of you two has been chatting away as well. Yeah, I've, I've spoken to the good lady Sheridan, the uh, <laughs> the host of BBC Somerset's coverage of Town, and she has made a very bold prediction. <laughs> Uh, that Alex Fisher wouldn't quite make when we were speaking to him. Uh, so you can read between the lines on that one and hear what she says. Uh, and also, Dave, you've been busy. Uh, uh, what returns following those conversations? What is back? The quiz is back, ladies and gentlemen. By dun, dun, quizzes, dun. Not quite popular demand, but some kind of demand at some level. So, yes, we have the one and only former Glover's Class quiz champion, Rob Manley, versus having checked back the last winner of the old-style Yeovletown Who Am I quiz, Mr. Robin Batchelor. So you're going to have to stay tuned till the end to hear that, but not quite the end because we've got something a bit special coming at the end. Do we say what that is yet? I think people who've heard these big season previews have heard the endings that have been a bit special before. Um, so it may not be a huge surprise. Um, I just want to say a huge thank you to those who contributed and um, hopefully the backing track was called On to Victory that I downloaded from the free audio website that I found at work. Um, so it had to be that one. So let's hopeful that that is good omens. Go well on Saturday if you're traveling uh, across to Hemel. Dave, go well. Thank you. Look after yourself. Look after each other. <laughs> um, don't be a hooligan. No flares in the way in, please. Oh, I'll leave None that. of that. No, I know what you like, no, David. Just normal jeans, please, David. <laughs> 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 and and before here at home. before you wrap up Ben oh yeah people need to stay tuned <laughs> people need to stay tuned to tomorrow morning yeah Saturday morning it wouldn't be a pre-match Glover's cast without getting a word from the other camp and so we've spoken to Ben who is the media man at Dad. Dan, sorry. Dan. Dan, the me- Dan, Dan, the media man. Dan, the man. The media man at Hemel Hempstead, who will give us a bit of an insight into what we can expect 
uh, when we triple that. will be hitting your feed, so to speak, on Saturday morning. So keep an eye out for that one. Cheers, lads. Enjoy Here the football. Go. The football's Here back. Here we go. Here we go. Now on the big season preview here on the Glover's Cast, we're going to get the thoughts of another one of our regular contributors. Delighted to welcome to the airwaves once again, Mr. Chris Fox. Foxy, how you doing, bud? I'm very well. How are you, Ben? All good? I'm delighted for all the better for speaking to you on this fine, fine afternoon. We're looking ahead to the pre-season. We're looking ahead to the new year, the new season, new era. It's all changed at Hewish Park. It's been a cracking summer. What have you made of the summer of activity down at HP? It's been... It's been positive, I'd say. You know, obviously there was um, a big turnaround, um, shall we say, with the ownership, um, which is obviously, you know, it's had its off-field problems, but but there we go. But on on the pitch, it's been uh, really positive. So Mark, Coop, it feels like Mark Cooper's brought in some really experienced players um, to go alongside, um, obviously, players that we've kept, like Staunton and Worthington. Um, and it's players that we've brought in that seem to, some that seem to have the experience of uh, bigger clubs in the past, shall we say. But also, um, so you just hope that they can bring that quality um, alongside the players that we've already got and the younger players to see where we uh, we get in the season, really. It's been, um, yeah, it's been good to see. It's obviously a very different season coming up regional football brings with it its challenges but also a couple of sort of um eye-catching fixtures lots of localist derbies across the course of the year what what are you looking forward to seeing this season when it comes to going to Hewish Park I'm, to be honest I'm looking forward to like it's it's a strange feeling really because you know this is now going to be my 20th year as a season ticket holder um and 30 odd won't show my age because Dave will shout at me. Um, you know, so I've seen the ups and the downs. I when I first sort of started supporting Yeovil, really was when we were actually in this league um, full time. I'd watched a few games here and there, but this was the first season. The first season I started watching Yeovil was when we were in the uh, you know in this in this stage really. So. It's weird. It's a weird feeling to see that I've gone back to the start, really. So I'm looking forward to all the local games, obviously. Um, there seems to be a random rivalry um, in my eyes with Torquay at the moment, the two big clubs, which I don't really get, to be honest, but um, such is life. Um, but it'd be good to see even some of the smaller clubs because, you know, they wouldn't have played in in a stadium of of our size, really. So it'll be good good to see, you know, given that experience to the smaller smaller teams. Although I know we're a big club in that league, um, but it'll be good to see any sort of team. To be honest, at Hewish Park, I'd say, and then visiting all the smaller away grounds. Yeah, of course. Starting with Hemel on a, a Saturday. Let's let's talk about some of the personnel that are going to be involved. Who's 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 the key player this year? I think it's probably going to be um, one of the strikers, really, because in this league, I think we're going to need to score goals to uh, obviously get out of it. Um, so for me, I think the for me the most encouraging signing, and obviously I've only seen one pre-season game, was actually Jake Hyde. Uh, I think he's got a lot about him. Um, we've obviously got to try and keep him fit, um, but I'm quite excited to see how how he 
plays. Um, obviously Murphy, but we've we've seen him. Um, Newble, uh, not Newble. Um, I think he will be key to us. Um, have my my dad's oldest friend is a Torquay season ticket holder, and um, he was actually speaking to him the weekend, and he was absolutely gutted that um, Newble had actually left Torquay because although he doesn't score the goals. As I've seen in preseason, you know he's he's hold, he holds holds the ball up well, brings other players into play, and you know even Bell, um, the young Bristol City lad, I think he looks really good from what I've seen, and even um, the striker from Bristol City, I can't remember his name. That's the He's got a bit of raw pace about him. He may he, he is raw. You know, it's his first real loan spell away from Bristol City. I know he had a game game at Bath, but um I think he could be um someone that could really um do well, I think, in the side as well. He was a real physical presence at Plymouth Park where I don't think he was that effective actually, but one thing I, I left thinking of was if you've been bullied by seventy five minutes for with Frank Newble, you probably don't want someone with the stature of Ollie Thomas coming on with a bit of pace to with a bit of pace. That, you know what I mean? I, I can yeah. see that being his role sort of come yeah. on as the finisher when we've maybe been giving uh, the defenders a, a hard time. Do you, do you think he's got the potential then to be a, a breakout star? There's a few sort of players that either have been on the fringes or have come in from local clubs. Who's the one that maybe people aren't talking about that can really make a name for himself? For, for me, I would, I was, I obviously, George, I know we've had him last season, but Jordan Young, I think will do, I think will be, will play a key role um, in the side. He might not start every game, but I feel that he could probably slot into the JMD role um, of what I've seen on the, the one friendly. I think Young could be a really good player. And also I'd say um, Jake Wannell, the Taunton centre-back. I've been really impressed with him, actually. I Again, I only saw one game, but from what I could see, I think he could be a really good player for us um, at the back alongside Staunton and I'm guessing, um, you know, Sendles White. Yeah, I, I, I don't think you're the only one to think that about one latch. He's kind of caught a few off guard, but in the game against Plymouth Parkway, again, looked, looked very, very steady. Let's let's nail uh, the big colour to the mass then, Foxy. Where are Yeovil going to finish? I'd like a number, please. You'd like a number? I would. Um, I am going to go... Oh, I'm going to put my... I'm going to stick my nails to the mouse and I think we're going to win the league. Oh, there we go. I think we're going to win it. It's going, going to come back to bite me in the ass. But I think I think we've got something about us. I think we'll be definitely playoffs, but I'll, I'll, I'll stick it and go, yeah, let's go. We'll win the league. Oh, what a perfect way to finish. Foxy, I'm sure we'll get your thoughts and we'll get you on throughout the course of the season. But in terms of the big season preview, a huge thank you for joining us. And uh, yeah, let's crack on on Saturday, shall we? Let's, let's do it. Let's get a 3-0 win. Delighted to welcome to our pre-season preview, Sheridan Robbins. How are you doing, Sheridan? Welcome back. Thank you. Yeah, I'm good. This has come around quick. Very excited for Saturday, the big one at Hemel Hempstead. So, um, yeah, ready to get underway. Good, good. How's the prep going? Yeah, a little, little bit more difficult with teams like Hemel, I won't, I won't lie. But yeah, getting back into the, to the swing of it. It's uh, nice from a oval point of view in terms of, you know, we've got a lot of new faces, haven't we? But we've also got a lot of old familiar faces. So that's not too much work. 
no, I think we'll be we'll be okay on our side. I think, but yes, some uh, perhaps names not on the back of shirts and that sort of thing is going to yeah. be a bit of a challenge. Um, been a long summer. Uh, we've had a lot of change at Hewish Park. Uh, what are your thoughts from what you've seen from a bit of a distance this summer? It's fair to say. What what have you thought about what's been going on? Yeah, it it has been an interesting summer, but I think what's so great is that it looks like Mark Cooper has managed to secure the players that perhaps he wanted last season or, you know, was looking always for a long-term project, wasn't he, Cooper, when he came in? He wanted to to rebuild the club. I'm not sure he was perhaps planning for National League South, but it feels like it's been really positive in terms of the signings he's made. They've all been really good signings, a mixture of young hungry players and a host of experience and crucially goal scorers um but also off the pitch as well the pictures that have been um circulating of Hewish Park looking forward to to visiting it because it looks transformed and that is something that's just going to make the match day experience for for people so much better and that's the way to get bums on seats and and ensure that we have a really good season yeah, I agree. I mean, having been to the having been to the Newport game and seen it there in person, I think you're in for a surprise. There's going to be a, a lot, a lot of change there, which is good. What are you most excited about ahead of this season? Not had a lot to look forward to over the last couple of years. It's all been a bit bleak and grim. But yeah, what what are you excited about? Commentating on goals. <laughs> that is what I'm so excited about. It feels like. And I loved the article on the Glovers cast about pre-season that, of course, doesn't matter. But the fact that we're scoring goals in pre-season means surely we've got, you know, three or four players now that can really chip in with multiple goals, double digits, hopefully. And I'm really looking forward to, to that. And hopefully some positivity. It would be nice to not be stressing about speaking to the manager and players afterwards and thinking about asking the same questions over and over. And just some joy, some joy back to Hewish Park, which has been so, so lost for the last, what, 10 years. Um, we deserve a really good season. And when you're winning games, it doesn't matter what level you're at, does it? Yeah, yeah. Here, here, some joy, please, Mr. Cooper. Um, we've got a lot. I think we're quite surprised at the the quality we've got in in the squad that we've managed to retain. But who do you think is going to be our key player this season? So obviously, I haven't been to any of the preseason friendlies, but from what I've heard from people that I've spoken to. Everyone says to me, you're going to love Frank Nuble. You're going to love the way he plays. You're going to love the, the excitement that he brings, but also the attitude on the pitch. And I love the way he is on social media and the excitement he's bringing. And while he might not be the top scorer, I think he's got quite a few assists, hasn't he, in preseason as well. So I'm really looking forward to, to seeing him. And I think he might be key, particularly, you know, we've got Jake Hyden and Reese Murphy who have had um, injury worries, shall we say. So even if we sort of don't get 40 games out of them, um, if we can get Nublay um, playing a lot more football for us rather than Torquay, then I'm really, really excited to see him. Um, I think he's going to be a really key player because I think as well, you know, when a manager wanted to bring him in just a few months ago and finally gets him, I think that's going to be a real real coup for Mark Cooper. I love that you've gone in with Nublay as well. <laughs> <laughs> We're going with it. We're going yeah. with it. Uh, and who do you think our breakout player is going to be this season? I think it's going to be Will Dawes. And I think 
I've said this so many times because having been in and around it last season, it's such a terrible time for the club, but in some ways it brought people together. The way he, his attitude was, considering how he came to the club, what he did with, with Oxford City, he didn't mind going out on loan to multiple clubs. He's helped out at the club. And I understand he had a really good performance in a couple of games in pre-season. I actually think he is going to be quite a crucial player for us. And it's in one of those positions that perhaps we're not as overwhelmed with players in. Um, so I think it's going to be Will Dawes and what, what a story that could be. And um, I've said it so many times, he's just the loveliest, loveliest guy. But also I think he's got potential and um, I think it's going to be a really, really big season for him. Yeah, he's, he's shown flashes. And I think Josh Staunton's description of him, of him as like a puppy dog was uh, <laughs> even more endearing Literally, uh, to like supporters. <laughs> uh, and the big question is, where do you think that we are going to finish this season? I think we are going to be champions. Um, I'm, I'm, putting, I'm putting that out there. I'm not afraid to say it. Um, that squad is brilliant at this level it's gonna to be tough don't get me wrong um I don't think we're gonna run away with it um but I think you've got to back that squad you've got to back the manager I think you've said this so many times that Mark Cooper is one of the biggest signings we made to to keep him that experience um and if anyone knows how to deal with the pressure it's him so I'm backing us to to win the division there we go straight in on the record <laughs> Sheridan's got us winning the league <laughs> you are excited <laughs> I am, yes. I, you know, you've got to be positive. You've got to be positive after yeah. the summer, summer we've had. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, cool. Are you are you excited for being back on BBC? I think there was a few, you know, there was a few questions. Will we be back on the radio again? Now we've dropped down the division. There's Bath City. There's Western Supermare. There's Taunton. There's all these other teams around us. But excited to to be back on BBC Somerset covering Yeovil again. Yeah, I, I've known for a while that they were going to cover Yeovil, which was which was nice. But everyone was sort of asking me, and until the fixtures came out, um, it needed to be you know put out that way. Um, I'm really excited. I think it's important. It's a well-supported club, and also those games, those National League Southwest, isn't it? All those big games are going to be really important for Yeovil but also for the the opposition as well so they get the extra coverage um I think they are going to cover um a few other teams like Bath and, and Western when they can um so yeah really excited I won't be doing every game because I'm going to be splitting my time between other stuff as well but um yeah really really excited that the Yeovil coverage is is continuing because I think it's going to be a really positive season I, I'm not going to lie I'd be a bit gutted if I wasn't on the mic when things are actually going well so looking forward to hopefully commentating on a fair few more wins this time thanks very much for joining us on our big pre-season preview and I will see you at Hemel Time for another a contributor to the big season preview here on the Glovers Cast and uh, one of the regular voices you'll have heard on previous episodes throughout the seasons, Mr Elliot Watts joins us. Elliot, how are you? Good, sir? I'm very good, thank you, Ben. How are you? I'm delighted. All the better for chatting to you. I'm, I'm feeling strange. It's been a long time since I've looked forward to a football season like this one. Mate, how are you feeling after a, another bonkers summer of being a Oval fan? Oh, it's been mad, hasn't it? I, ben, can you actually tell me when you last looked forward to a football season? 
I honestly, uh, f- from this early out, I don't know. I mean, that first non-league season when things changed, we saw the players that Darren Sarr brought in. I-, I got into that quite quick, but never this early. Never this early. No, no definitely. It's been a weird summer. It's been a quick summer as yeah. well, though, hasn't it? I mean, it feels like only yesterday that we had that last game away, and now here we are, two two days out from the season starting. Like, where has that time gone? And so much has happened in that space of time. There's enthusiasm optimism around the club there's a lot of changes a lot of things probably still to change um looking ahead to the future as well um but yeah went to the game the friendly against Newport last week and it was nice to see some excitement in the air I mean we had more fans at a friendly game than we've had at home games over the last couple of seasons at times so uh yeah it's interesting to see that we've already sold so many for Hemel Hempstead that it's the first game of the season that we're being allocated in the way end and I imagine that's probably going to keep continue onwards if we are if we get off to a flyer and that's really what we need to do isn't that and we get a chance to do that with those four home games straight in a row off the back of that Hemel Hempstead game that's one of the things to really look forward to and get excited about isn't it yeah and it sounds cliche but we need to have a massive August really I mean I think there's six games in August and we need to be looking at winning every single one of them get off to a flyer and be the team that people sort of fear that when you score one goal you're going to score four goals um and that's that's really where we need to be we've got four back-to-back home games hopefully we see Hewish quite busy for those games I mean we've got the first one the week after and then it goes straight into Truro on a Tuesday night that momentum builds by the time you get to Haven at the end of the month you can have a lot of people on board and a lot of fans behind you which games are you most looking forward to seeing either at Hewish Park or, or, or heading out on away days um, I don't know. I'm quite looking forward to that Bath away game. Obviously, hoping that it doesn't get moved for the uh for the FA Cup qualifying. I think it falls on. Um, but yeah, really all of them to be honest. There's a lot of new grounds in there, a lot of chances to get away to places we haven't been before, and a chance to be a bit of a bigger club in the league, which interesting. We're obviously in the lower league, but like we said at the start, we haven't seen this excitement for some time. So is it the new league? Is it what's gone on in the background? Is it all of it added up? I hope so. Um, And I really hope we get off to that blind start and then maintain some momentum throughout. But I don't, by long shot, think it's going to be easy as well. We've got to go to places like Western on a Tuesday night. We've got Torquay away on a Tuesday night. There's some difficult games in there without a doubt. And um, I don't think we should be expecting to absolutely walk it because... I anticipate these teams are going to turn up to play against us. We become the big team in the league, probably us and Torquay, let's be honest. I think we're all thinking the same. But there's other clubs who've spent a bit of money, and I'm not surprised that uh, Eastbourne are being given a little shout to be up there as well. Let's talk about some of the key personnel then. I need a key player. Who's going to be the difference maker for us this season? I'm on the fence about this and I don't like sitting on the fence. I don't think there's going to be one key player this year. I think everyone needs to play their part in this season because we've already got the conversations around 3G pitches. We've had that before when we first came down to the National League. Um, players like Wilkinson and Dufa struggled on the 3G pitches. We know that it might be potentially a problem for Murphy. It might be a problem for Hyde. Staunton's already come out and said he probably won't play on those pitches. Imagine he's going to play more of a coaching role on those occasions. Um, 
So I don't think there's going to be one standout player. I'd love to say, yeah, it's going to be Jake Hyde or Frank Nubel, but I think we're going to have to look around the squad for goals. I think we've got those target men who are going to be good strikers, but hopefully we've got something to fall back on if they're not scoring goals and we've got players within the team who can really chip in because when you go away somewhere on a Tuesday night and it's nil-nil and they've held you out for 60 minutes... Who are you going to look to step up to the plate and just put one in the back of the net and come away with a scrappy one nil win and get the job done? A lot of the time last season in the National League, people looked at Wrexham, who went up, Notts County went up. A lot of their goals were scored in the last 10 minutes where teams held out and held out and held out. But they broke them down eventually and they looked at that, that one player who often wasn't expected to just put the ball in the back of the net. And I think we're going to need a little bit of that this year. So I'm going to go against the grain. I'm not going to pick a standout man. I'm not going to sit here and say Reese Murphy, however much I'd love him to score 35 goals this season. I'm going to say we're going to need to look around the squad for those for those key goals. But also the experienced players are going to need to step up to the plate and really run the dressing room, run the team in the way that we need to to, to get promoted from this league. That's what I call splinters in the arse, Watsy. Okay, um, <laughs> in that case, um, let's talk about the players that maybe the people aren't thinking an awful lot about. Who's going to break out of this squad and make something uh, of a name for themselves this season, do you think? Who's impressed you early doors? Mine's Wannell, without a doubt. Uh, Wannell at the back, he looked exceptional against Newport. That was obviously only a friendly. Looks a strong, tough defender. Um, and someone that you're going to need in this league when people are chopping at you and you've got that pacey striker who's just a bit icky to get around or that six foot five player at front as well he looked like he could handle a lot of those so really excited to see how he goes probably now I put my name to it he's gonna get injured on the first day and we won't see him for four weeks or something like that so I really hope not um but if I picked one player out of that friendly against Newport last week it would absolutely be him um it just he just showed that bit of class on the pitch and we were obviously up against football league competition, not very good football league competition, may I say, probably worse than most teams I saw at Huge Park last season and that's saying something, but he really stood out and shone and didn't really let much get past him and I don't know about you Ben, but watching the documentary back, the very good documentary that has been produced, I thought there was times last season where we had um, Bevan at the back and we had, we chopped and changed our defence a lot, shall we say. We had Staunton at the back, then we had Staunton in midfield. It it, it just never really got settled. Um, and some of those goals that we conceded in those games, watching Pat were just embarrassing. Um, and it was one mistake cost one goal and no one was putting it in at, up front, but... If you can if you can have a good game, make one one mistake and potentially concede a goal, as long as you put two in at the other end, we'll be okay. But that's my standout man, and that's a long way to get to that answer. Very long way, but I love it. It was eloquent. Um, right then, the big question though, then what's he? Where are Yeovil Town going to finish in the National League South 23-24? I'm really torn on this one as well. I really keep biting my head between finishing top and finishing like seventh on the edge of the playoffs. Um, and I think that would shock some people to think of, but maybe it's just past few years and a bit of experience over the last 10 years of watching a football team with a losing mentality. If we come out in August, like I said, with that winning mentality and get six wins on the board, your outlook's going to be different straight from the start. Uh, realistically speaking, I think it's going to be tricky at times. I think teams are going to be tough to break down in this league and we're going to need to find a way, especially if they put sort of 10 men behind the ball. Um, I'm going to go for third. 
home semi-final third place that's okay i think uh, that might just lead to a playoff victory in the end of the season elliot watts always appreciate your company on the glover's cast you're welcome back throughout the course of the season i'm sure we'll hear from you again thanks mate thank you so much look forward to being back Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we are back by some kind of demand. Anyway, I'm not sure whether it's popular or not. The Glover's Cast quiz has returned, and we have got a battle of some serious heavyweights for you. In the blue corner, it couldn't be anybody else, could it? It is former Glover's Cast quiz champion, Mr. Rob Manny. Rob, welcome back. Hi, Dave. Thanks for having me. That's, couldn't couldn't do anything else, could we? And in the red corner from the northeast of England, it's actually, and having listened back, I can verify this, the last person to win the old style of the quiz, Mr. Robin Batchelor. Robin, welcome back. Evening, Dave. Thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, thanks for verifying that I was the... I, I had to go champion. back a very long yeah. way to find your victory over Craig McCann. And then and then we changed it all and it, uh, it all went to pot, didn't it? Yeah, the new for- the new format did not did not suit me. Did not play to my strengths. There you go. Well, I don't think it suited many people. And then uh, and then I messed one up and I threw my toys out of the pram. So that was uh, that was the end of that. But we're back. So just to remind you all of because it's been a while what the game is. So the name of the game is Yeovil Town. Who am I? I have written the biographies of three former Yeovil Town players, and. These guys have to guess them, and it's the uh, the first of two wins. So this round is known as the Sons of Skivo. These are all players, all three of them, who played under Terry Skiverton when Terry Skiverton was manager at some point in their Yeovil Town careers. So, Rob, are you ready? All good. Looking forward Robin, to it. are you ready? Ready. Right, okay. Here comes the first one. I was born in Norwich in May 1973, and my formative years as a footballer began in East Anglia's non-league. I won the FA Vars with Dis Town in 1994, but it was a long way north that I started as a professional, signing for Wigan Athletic in 1997 as a 24-year-old. Much of my time was spent coming off the substitute bench in the old Division 2 and a spell out on loan at Kettering Town. But it was signing for Rotherham United that oh, was really- Paul Warren is the right answer. Rob Manley, straight in there. We hadn't even got to the Oval Down years before we uh, before we <laughs> got that one. Right. Okay. It's 1-0 to the long acronym that Ian comes out with occasionally. <laughs> okay. Right, Robin. Come on. Game face. Game face. Here's the second one. <clears throat> I was born in Enfield, North London in 1987, and it was my hometown team that I started my career making 22 appearances with a brief spell at Waltham Forest. In, 99, sorry, in 2007, I moved to Potter's Bar Town. Managed Nathan, by Nathan Smith. Nathan Smith is the right answer. Yeah, it was Potter's Bar Town that uh, they got it for you, wasn't it? Yeah. Right. Okay. One all. Oh, this is the kind of drama we need for the comeback. Okay. Right. <clears throat> Number three. Here we go. I was born in East London in 1989 and having joined Arsenal's Academy as a 10 year old uh, and spent six years there, I moved to the Northwest, joining Everton. I did play twice for the Toffees, including a substitute appearance in the Premier League and was sent out on loan at Peterborough United and Kilmarnock. 
I did not feature for Peterborough, but scored once in eight appearances north of the border, but it was not enough to prevent me from being released from my contract at Goodison Park. Aidan Downs? It's not Aidan Downs. No, no, not Aidan Downs. So, Robin, you're out of this next paragraph, uh, and Rob, I will bring you back in after this. And Robin, I'm sorry, but I think you might kick yourself when you hear this paragraph. Okay, right. No pressure, Rob. Hewis Park was my next destination in June 2011, with social media followers recommending me to Terry Skiverton, who Kieran declared... Kieran Agard. Kieran Agard is the right answer. Get declared in. my signing as football's first transfer. Yeah. Robin, what can I say? You went too soon with Aidan Downs, didn't you? That was a, that was yeah. A I got a bit overexcited. The 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 transfer really gave it away. There <laughs> you go. You see, I was I, I it was it was all coming. I was waiting for someone to jump in. Well, there we have it. Former Glovers Cast Quiz Champion, now current Glovers Cast Quiz Champion. He will be back next week, ladies and gentlemen, and we will have another competitor for him. Robin, thanks for playing. And hopefully you'll carry on listening and cursing Rob's name every time you hear him on that. <laughs> Cheers, Robin. Well played, mate. He's not the uh, lovers, current lovers, lovers Cast Quiz champion for nothing. So, uh, yeah, kept his pal- powder dry. Well played, Rob. There you go. Right. Cheers, Thanks, everyone. Speak to you next week. Cheers, Dave. Hi everyone, uh, Kevin Gold here. Um, hope you're all well. Um, just wanted to wish Mark Cooper, Toddy, um, and everybody at Yeovil Town Football Club um, all the best for the season ahead. Um, also wanted to wish uh, the Glovers cast uh, uh, the best of luck as well, guys. So uh, keep up all the good work you're doing. Um, look forward to seeing you all soon. All the best. Come on, the Glovers. Hi, my name is Richard Hines. I was part of the Yeovil team in 2012 and 2013. They got promoted to the championship under Gary Johnson. I just want to wish Mark Cooper and his Yeovil team all the very best for the coming season. I really hope you get promoted and find a long way back to the league where you belong. I also want to thank the Yeovil fans who were very kind, helpful and supportive during my time at the club. I made some wonderful friends and I've made some great memories. Thank you. Hi guys, Andy Lindegaard here. I'd just like to wish Mark Cooper, um, Yeovil Town and the team at Glovers Cast all the best for the upcoming season. Up the Glovers! Hi, Ed Upson here. Just wanted to wish Yeovil Town Football Club and everyone at the Glovers Cast all the best for the coming season. I hope it's a really successful season. I'll be watching and cheering the boys along as much as possible. Green Army! Green Army! Leroy Well here, um, wishing Mark Cooper, Yeovil Town Football Club and everyone at Glover's Cast uh, amazing season. Let's hopefully a successful one. Wishing you all the best. I definitely will be down this year to support the lads. Um, so let's do it. Cheers, guys. Uh, Mickey Engwell here. Uh, I'd just like to take this opportunity to wish Mark Cooper uh, Yeovil Town and Glovers Cast, all the very best for the forthcoming season. Uh, I was the captain of uh, Yeovil, or lucky enough to be the captain of Yeovil the last time that was in this sort of standard of football. It's going to be hard, but I know you've got the quality there, Mark, to uh, to obviously lead the boys to winning something and, and gaining promotion. Good luck, and I hope it all goes all well for you. 
Hi everyone, Sam Foley here of the famous 2012-2013 Yeovil Town team which uh, reached the uh, championship. Famous, infamous, call them, call them what they want. Team will go down in history. You know, some big names in that team, some little names, some some big characters, some some small characters, some itsy bitsy tiny weeny yellow polka dot bikinis. But you know, that's uh, that's football. It was a game of two halves. I actually remember it well. I remember picking the ball up on the halfway line and yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, all the very best for the coming season. Conference South. Here we go. Up the Glovers. All the best. Hello everyone. Here is Hugo Rodriguez. Just want to wish to Mark Cooper, to the Oval Town Club and everyone at the Glover Cast all the best ahead of the new season. I hope we achieve what we are looking for, that is a promotion. Come on lads, come on! And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. Here's Lindergaard making Forrest back pedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott, goal! 